Hey, this is Chris. Before we get to the show, let me tell you a little bit about Anchor. Anchor is our way of we record podcasts. Fantastic. Let me tell you why. It's easy. It's free. There are creation tools that we can record and edit your podcast right from your phone and your computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you. So it can be heard on such um, providers as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many, many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need in a podcast and so much more. Check out Anchor, and you can find it all in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Anchor, it's a fantastic way of creating your first podcast and making it work. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Ohioan Podcast, Craig Shop with you, and today we have uh, Bob Garver, our New York City film critic. Bob, how are you doing? I'm doing wonderfully. Happy Monday. Yeah, so it's great to be back with you. Um, now, we only have one movie this week, but we do have a, a special list uh, presentation again for all of you listeners out there. But today we're going to talk about uh, maybe one of the bigger box office bombs that we've had here lately in In the Heights. It was expected to do a little bit better than the $11 million it took in, finishing second behind A Quiet Place Part 2 in the box office. Bob, what did you think of this movie overall, though? I think it's a tremendous movie, and the fact that it's not making more more money is a crying shame, because this is maybe one of the best movies of the year. Do you think it's a it's a movie that may gain some steam here after word of mouth and a, and maybe a successful reviews from critics and successful you know reviews from people that have seen it? Yes, yes, I definitely um, don't think we've seen the last of it. I think it might become uh, sort of a cult hit. Sure. Um, okay. If uh, if a movie that opens to eleven million can be can be considered a cult hit, right? Now, overall, obviously, this is a, a Lin Manuel Miranda um, a stage musical that has turned into a film. What did you think of it? I mean, obviously, when you talk about musicals, it's got to be the music that's got to be the you know front and center. The you know that's got to be dominating the screen and also has to be good. What did you think overall of the music in this uh, film? Well, it's yeah. Lynn Manuel's, uh, you know, trademark style of rapping and singing, and uh, it comes together to form just a beautiful series of musical numbers. Um, yes, and and uh, at, at least ten of them throughout the movie that that are all tremendous. Now I know that Anthony Ramos uh, sort of leads this cast in this movie, sort of an unknown to some people. You know, but this may be sort of that breakout role that he was was sort of looking for now to kind of really jet himself into sort of leading man status, or at least you know getting even more projects. I know he's got an un, uh, untitled Transformers project that's filming right now. Um, you know, you might have seen him in other things and side roles. You know, in Godzilla King of Not Monsters. Um, but you know, what did you think of Anthony Ramos here leading the way in this film? I think that uh, Ramos, along with all major members of the cast have a very bright future ahead of them uh, in in Hollywood uh, after this movie. Um, you know, they're going to be, uh, you know, everybody in the cast um, is a future, future major heartthrob, uh, future major talent. You know, I, I, one of the things that really struck me is, you know, over the last couple of years, we've really talked about inclusion and getting more people of color on screen. 
here we have a movie that really taps into that, I think. Um, you know, obviously the box office is a little disappointing. You'd hope that maybe more people would want to go see this because of Lin-Manuel Miranda. But at the end of the day, what? how great was it to see a diverse cast on screen really dominating the screen for the first time in a movie like this, a, a summer tentpole kind of movie where, you know, a studio was really behind it trying to make some money off of it. And realistically, you know, this is a movie where there's a lot of La Latino and Latinas in there, you know, mixtures of of races and cultures just kind of bursting onto the screen. It's got to be a good feeling to see something like that really hit the screen and take over in a summer movie kind of tentpole like this. It is. Um, I, I'm not going to say I didn't notice, but um, because I'm so familiar with the, the stage show um, and I already knew what um, what the ethnicity of the, of the cast was going to be, right. it, um, it was already kind of ingrained in me and I didn't give it a, a second thought. Sure. Uh, it, well, you said it was one of the best movies of the year. What is your final grade on In the Heights, Bob? A minus. All right. Well, there you have it. Uh, definitely go out and see it. Uh, for those of you who are still a little uncomfortable maybe going to the theaters, you can stream this on HBO Max as well. Uh, but I recommend the theater. Right. That's what I've heard, too. So uh, definitely go out and see it in the theater, or if you have to, maybe see it on HBO Max. But definitely watch uh, watch this film because a lot of people are loving it. So, all right, Bob. Well, uh, not a lot of other uh, new releases out there for you to see, so we're going to do another list this week. Uh, this week, last week, we had looked at uh, our favorite actresses. This week, we're looking at our favorite actors. Uh, not sure if you wanted to go first or I could go first, but uh, we can uh, talk about our top five favorite actors now. Okay, um, let me uh, just uh, pull up the uh, list I've prepared. Okay. It's always fun doing these lists, I think. Um, gives you a chance to see a little bit into your preferences and movies as well, I think, too. But uh, I have to admit, Bob, you know, I think it was easier for me to do my best actress list as opposed to my favorite actors. A um, lot of uh, different options in both lists, but this time I have a little bit more of an eclectic uh, choice, I think. Uh, last week when I did my actresses, I, I think they were mostly sort of that pedigree actress that, you know, with multiple Oscar nominations. This time I kind of ran the gamut a little bit, so I'm kind of interested to see what your list looks like too. Okay. Um, you, uh, I believe you started last week, so, so I'll start uh, this week. Okay. Um, my number five is sort of an all-time choice um, because I, I don't, uh, this actor has kind of fallen out of favor with me in recent years, but I've shown a lot of dedication to him in the past, and I, um, yeah, I've shown a lot of dedication to him in the past, and I feel that he's uh, kind of an, an all-time high ranker for me. Um, when this gentleman hosted Saturday Night Live in 2005, uh, I camped out overnight for for tickets, uh, and was able to get into the dress rehearsal of uh, of him hosting Saturday Night Live because I was such a fan of uh, the work he'd done in in Kevin Smith's movies, uh, and that's Jason Lee. Jason Lee um, from the Kevin Smith uh, from um, yeah the Kevin Smith series of movies, and from uh, uh, Almost Famous. Right, he was uh, tremendous in that film. And uh, in The Incredibles, uh, he was a, uh, one of the more memorable Pixar villains in Syndrome. Yes. Um, 
was uh, was Jason Lee. Um, at number four, the brother of the actress that I had at number one on the best actresses list, and that's uh, Jake Gyllenhaal. Uh, the guy brings wonderful energy to every role he does. Uh, even Bubble Boy, I halfway liked because of, of the energy he brought to the role. Uh, and of course, he's been in uh, some great, uh, more serious movies. Uh, Brokeback Mountain got an Oscar nomination for that. I believe he has an Oscar in his future. Um, probably my favorite role of his uh, was the movie Nightcrawler. A film mm. that was criminally yeah. overlooked by the Academy. It's a screenplay, I believe, got a nomination. But uh, he, in the lead role as a um, very opportunistic um, uh, news photographer, uh, was just uh, blood curling. Uh, at number three, I have a name that's on the rise. Uh, he'll be uh, Snake Eyes later this year for uh, for the G.I. Joe franchise, and that's Henry Golding. Henry Golding, uh, tremendous leading man in romantic comedies. Uh, Last Christmas, but um, more specifically, Crazy Rich Asians. He was also in uh, A Simple Favor, where he uh, brought a quiet menace to his role. Um, and also uh, The Gentleman. Uh, all the tremendous actors in that cast, and I was most excited to see him, was uh, Henry Golding. Definitely. Um, number two, hang on, I have to actually check on this. Okay. Number two is an actor. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Okay. Okay. Uh, number two is an actor uh, that um, uh, makes a great villain, um, no matter what uh, movie he's in, uh, even something as bad as Man of Steel, uh, and that's Michael Shannon. Uh, Michael Shannon, um, actually my favorite role of his is one where he's not a villain, even though um, the role where I really came to like him was uh, as a villain uh, dirty cop in the movie uh, Premium Rush. Um, but um, the movie I probably liked him the best in was uh, Nocturnal Animals, where he plays uh, another sort of dirty cop, but this time on the side of good, uh, where he hate, where he helps, I believe it's uh, Jake Gyllenhaal, actually, another right. name on the list, uh, track down the... Um, the guy who, who killed Jake's mother and, or, uh, yeah, uh, wife and child. Uh, so he's, he's tremendous in that. Um, the Academy very much got it right when they nominated him, uh, even though co-star Aaron Taylor Johnson had won a Golden Globe right. and wasn't nominated for the Oscar. I still think the Academy got it right nominating Michael Shannon instead. Um, before I get to number one, I'm going to throw out a name that I uh, had to disqualify at the last minute. He was going to be number one on the list. But um, at the last minute, I realized that I, I know him uh, more for his television work than, than his work in movies. So sure. I don't think it's fair to include him on the list. Uh, Keith David. Oh, yeah. And with the, the man with the, the greatest voice in Hollywood. <laughs> right. uh, but, um, but at the last minute, I realized, you know, I really do know him mostly as Goliath from Gargoyles. So I had to, I had to boot him off the list. Um, I'm going to go with, so for number one, uh, I'm going to go with an actor who in 2003, I was really excited to see because I'd heard uh, a lot of good things about his, his indie work. I finally saw him in a big movie and he blew me out of my seat with his performance. Uh, in college, I would 
look up any movie the guy was in um, just just to see him, no matter how bit of a role he had. Um, he later got more famous for a television part, but he still always brings it to the movies. Uh, and that is Peter Dinklage. Yeah. Peter Dinklage, uh, I know mostly known for Game of Thrones, which is a TV role, but every time the guy's in a movie, he brings it. He's always powerful. Um, I love him as the villain in uh, one of the Ice Age movies. Mm. Um, I love him in the Angry Birds movies, uh, but the role that um, really made me, I guess, fall in love with him was his role in Elf, where he plays Miles Finch, the ghostwriter, mm. who... Um, who uh, Will Ferrell uh, mistakes as another elf, but the the guy is just a powerhouse. Um, great screen presence every time. Uh, it's truly an actor whose name in the credits just gets me to see any kind of movie, even if it looks bad. Well, we we actually have. Uh, uh, I should maybe ring the bell. Ding 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 ding. We actually do have a a match here on this list, and I'll go through my list. First of all, love your list. I I mean. I know this is the most obscure thing possible, but Jason Lee almost made my list too, but it's been so long since Jason's been in anything. Yeah. They absolutely loved him and almost famous. Obviously you probably mostly know him from his appearances in the Kevin Smith, you know, universe, but Jason Lee was really like, if this list would have been done like 10, 15 years ago, he would have been on my list for sure. Uh, Jake Gyllenhaal is another one that just missed my list. Michael Shannon is another one that just missed my list as well. So um, I will go into my top five now. Now at number five, I have, uh, and I think I kind of talk, talked a little bit about this with the, the favorite actresses, is sometimes I, I tend to pinpoint either a career performance or, you know, maybe a specific role that they did that really just blew me away, like kind of like how you had said too. Uh, number five for me, Samuel L. Jackson, um, he could have easily made my list. Right. He's he's kind of one of those actors where you almost want to see anything he's in, almost like Peter Dinklage, because you just know that he's going to bring some fun entertainment to the to the field. But, you know, everybody might know him, again, from the Marvel Cinematic Universe, but obviously Pulp Fiction, Jackie Brown, two performances that really stood out for me that really helped him kind of catapult into this list. Um, he usually gives great performances when you give him the right material. And even if you don't give him the right material, he can somehow find a way to make it entertaining, like Snakes on a Plane, for instance. Oh, yeah. Bad movie with a fun performance from Samuel L. L. Jackson. Uh, so Sam Jackson, number five on my list. Now, number four, and this is probably, you know, maybe some people might think it's either too easy to say or too weird to say, but Tom Cruise. Now, nothing about that. You know, obviously Tom Cruise is one of those guys where everybody knows who he is as a box office draw, but I don't look at him as just the box office draw because, yeah, he gives fine performances in the Mission Impossible movies. He's given fine performances in other films, but the things that make him stand out are the are the roles that maybe take a little bit more time and attention to detail, like Magnolia, for instance, is probably his finest performance, I believe. But then he also was able to deliver an outright hilarious performance in Tropic Thunder, which I honestly thought, you know, could have been an Oscar-nominated role because of how funny he was. He was nominated for a Globe. Yeah, he was nominated for a Globe in that one, though, yeah. So, um, but Tom Cruise, I think he gets, I think he gets under underrated a little bit because he does so many blockbusters and that's kind of what his career has been 
but when he really takes on a meaty role that requires you to act, he can bring it with the best of them. Uh, and Magnolia, for me, is that performance that really stands out. Obviously, Born on the Fourth of July and some other movies that he's done certainly stand out, too. But Magnolia was really one of those intense performances from him. I just had to put him on my list because of that. Uh, now, at number three, I have Michael Keaton. Now, Michael Keaton, probably best known to everybody as playing Batman in the original Tim Burton Batman movies. But he's done so much more than that, including Spotlight, The Founder, Birdman, you know, Spotlight and Birdman are probably those two movies that he gave. He just gives the, you know, some of the best performances, you know, he's ever given in his life. And they're just powerful performances. They're both kind of distinctly different, a little bit of a comedy, but also sort of a sad comedy in Birdman, but then also a really powerful drama in Spotlight. And I just love Michael Keaton. Also, too, with Michael Keaton, one of the things that maybe cemented his name on this list was his hum his hilarious take on a police chief in the movie The Other Guys when uh, he was the police captain for um, Will Ferrell and Mark Wahlberg's team of detectives, and he was just hilarious. Uh, I'll never forget when he turns around after uh, spewing off this uh, really uh, intense speech, and then all of a sudden he's got a Bed Bath & Beyond uh, clothes on, and he's working at Bed Bath & Beyond so his son could go to uh, college. Very funny guy. And also can bring the intensity in the dramas as well. So Michael Keaton definitely makes my list. Now number two, this is where we're gonna we're gonna meet up here with our list. Peter Dinklage, Peter Dinklage is just so awesome. I love him every time he's on screen. I, I think I'm in agreement with you that every time he's in a movie, you just want to see it. Um, <clears throat> you know, most people might remember him from Game of Thrones, like you said, but then you know the station agents were really where he kind of broke out onto the scene. Uh, well, now, number one, I guess you could kind of say I cheated a little bit on this because, uh, unfortunately, this actor is no longer working after retirement. But I had to put him on here because at least he did have a screen credit four years ago, and that's Daniel Day-Lewis. I mean, I don't think anything could be said about Daniel Day-Lewis that, you know, no one else has previously said about him. But he's a multiple Oscar winner, multiple Oscar-nominated actor. He's been amazing in Lincoln, Gangs of New York, but There Will Be Blood, the 2007 uh, Paul Thomas Anderson masterpiece is probably my favorite performance where he's playing um, this oil tycoon that's trying to suck up all the oil essentially in the country and become this mogul and this powerful rich man. He uses a, uh, a young kid that we may or may not know whether or not he's his real son to, uh, to his advantage to make business deals. And of course, uh, you know his uh, last uh, his last scene that he shares with Paul Dano on the screen was was chilling yet funny yet very disturbing all in the same breath. So Daniel Day Lewis for me is number one on my list. So what did you very, think? Very good. Some uh, some great choices on there. Yeah. I love Peter Dinklage. I think uh, I'm glad we 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 came together on that one because Peter Dinklage is so fun. I just absolutely love Peter Dinklage. So. Glad you had him on your list, and I'm, I'm glad to have put him on my list as well. So uh, there you have it. There's our top five actors. So, uh, you know, some first time – I think this is the first time we've ever uh, shared a, a common uh, a common interest in one. So that's good to see, Bob. Uh, great minds think alike, I guess you could say. But uh, we definitely want to – we definitely appreciate you coming back this week, Bob, and we'll see you again next week here on the Ohioan Podcast. Thank you very much. Highlight of my week. Hi, I'm Jennifer Mooney 
Welcome to what is our new Hope Interrupted podcast based on the work from our book, Hope Interrupted, that I co-authored with my good friend, Byron McCauley. Hey, Jennifer, you know, I'm looking forward to this podcast as much as I was look, looking forward to writing this book with you. We hope to interview some uh, high impact folks as well as have a little fun. We're going to cover stories of hope. To learn more about our podcast and our book, please visit www.hopeinterrupted.com.